This shit about the UFO program? What? Hey, this is Colin. And this is Chris. And like that first really good stretch early in the morning, this is Shiny Podcast, following the light and throwing a little shade on the newest and brightest in today's gaming and technology. You know when your back cracks a little bit too, it's just like, oh, Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, it is Sunday, uh, December 17th, 2017. Uh, this is Shiny Podcast. Uh, thanks for uh, listening, everybody. How you doing this morning, Chris? I'm doing pretty well. It's a, it's a, it is morning. That's, that's noteworthy, I guess. We're recording at about 8.30 on a, on a Sunday morning, and it's beautiful, and I'm wide awake. And uh, I'm, I got my cup of coffee, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm approaching wide awake. I'm not quite there yet, but we're uh, we're we're getting there. <laughs> Close enough. Close yeah. enough. Close One enough to do a podcast. Yes, know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, man. So, what's what's going on in your life? Oh, let's see. I've been uh, been working on a couple little little things. I uh, will have a lot more to report next week, but. Uh, over the coming week, I am set and ready to go to finally get into something I probably should have gotten into a long time ago, which is uh, mining cryptocurrency. Ooh. Yeah, so um, I'm ready to go with uh, mining some Ether. I just have to make some tweaks to my graphics driver, and um, next week I'm sure I'll have a much more full report. But yeah, that's what I've been sort of doing in my spare time lately. What about oh, very, very cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun, but I don't want to... I kind of want to tease it a little bit because I'm sure like I'll have a lot more to, mm, okay. to talk about over the, the coming week. So right on. I definitely have some questions, but uh, yeah, well, uh, I, I'm excited to hear more about that. What have you been up to? So I did some brewing yesterday. That was that was good. Um, like um, home brewing uh, beer, beer brewing. Oh, that's right. It's you're you're quite the brewer. Yeah, I think. Um, gosh, how long I've been doing it for at least like almost 10 years at this point yeah it's it's great it's a lot of fun it's a really cool hobby i i tend to be my own worst critic when it comes to it everyone else loves it but i i had a a bit of a, a snafu yesterday i don't know how i did it but my my so so when you're when you're making beer basically what you're trying to do is get to a certain amount of sugar fermentable sugar per water ratio um, for the yeast to turn into alcohol you know ideally you want it to taste good too and (laughs) you're using a certain (laughs) grain bill to achieve a certain function and a certain yeast strain to achieve you know complement that function as well but ultimately you, you want that sugar to water ratio to be correct and so you take something called a gravity reading and uh, that gravity reading is is what measures that that ratio that association. Uh, mine was way off, and unfortunately, the brew store was closed. Ooh. So, um, in it is the, the as soon as this uh, podcast is over, I will be running out to the brew store to get what I need to uh, 
to gonna... fix the problem. Basically, you're buying a bunch of dry malt extract and throwing it into the fermenter. Now, do you have to? Do you have to worry about that... contamination or? Um, a, a little bit. Uh, I mean, everything is sterilized and clean. Um, you you have to be particular about that. I am insanely particular about that because if there's one thing that you have a fair amount of control over, that's one of them. Um, it's it's kind of the you know a um, ounce of prevention is worth a, a pound of cure kind, right. kind of thing. So uh, I go to great lengths in in my entire setup to make sure that that's done correctly. But yes, there, there are some risks asso- associated with it. It's definitely worth the risk because if I do nothing, I will definitely have a low alcohol, incredibly dry <laughs> IPA, <laughs> which um, I don't really want that. And neither does anybody else. So it's worth the risk. Yeah, it sounds it sounds it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Well, good luck. I I uh, I hope I hope that all goes well. Be, I hope uh, it does too. I've never I've never had quite this problem before. I don't such an emergency. Yeah. Yes. It 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 was. It's bad enough that you know the the discrepancy was bad enough that it was just like what the f- hell happened? What did? <laughs> so, yeah, that's so odd. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure. So, um, but hopefully this will fix it. We will see. Well, stay tuned, shiny listeners, as the uh, beer saga continues. The truth is, I'm very invested in this because, you know. Ideally, you get to drink it at some point. I'd like to have some (laughs) beer. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, we have some crazy news to get through today. There's, um, I know, you know, we are going to talk about the FCC and net neutrality, uh, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff coming out today and and over the last week that we really want to get into. We have to tell you. Big, bold letters now, and we'll say it at the end of the news as well. Do not listen to the second half of this episode if you have not seen Star Wars The Last Jedi yet. We are totally going to talk about the movie. So, if you do not want parts of the movie spoiled, stop listening after the news. We will, And we'll, we'll have another little segment where you know we finish the news and we'll mention it again, but... Yeah, stop listening at that point. We will contain ourselves until then to deliver you the latest and greatest in gaming and technology. <laughs> However, big, bold, massive, terrible GeoCities GIF website spoiler alert warning right here, right now. Okay? You have been warned. <laughs> But starting off the day, we have some crazy breaking news. I think this only went live a couple of hours ago as we record this. The Pentagon has, for the first time, acknowledged the existence of a program called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. This program is tasked with investigating UFOs and other unknown celestial threats. (laughs) God. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time publicly, it's the real. Pentagon has <laughs> officially confirmed that they had a, and I do say had, a UFO detection and investigation program. To the tune of about $22 million, the Pentagon spent secretly. Originally authorized and requested by then-Senator, I think he's still a senator, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're right, he is gone, sorry. Time happens. Believe it or not, <laughs> uh, Senator Harry Reid 
he contracted and uh, brought in a friend of his named Robert Big Bigelow, who's a billionaire businessman who is absolutely convinced that aliens exist. This continued until about 2012, when it was gutted. And if you remember 2012, there were quite a few um, expenditures that sort of went the way of the dodo. This was one of them. Man. So you I'm just imagining just like basements full of people with tinfoil hats, ripping them off and saying, I know it! <laughs> I was right! I mean... The parts that are not very clear is exactly what they were doing and how they were investigating this. Mm -hmm. But suffice yeah, to say, I'm... I mean, it actually makes me feel kind of <laughs> kind of happy to know that, like, you know, when weird shit appears in the sky, the uh, military does, you know, they're paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's nice. That's a nice feeling, I suppose. But <laughs> yes, conspiracy theorists rejoice. The UFO program has been acknowledged. This oh, man. one in That's particular, great. however, uh, seems to have, they'd love you to think that this doesn't exist anymore. So we'll keep an eye on it and report when any details come out. But that's a big deal. That is a big deal. That's great. Yeah, I, I had not read this um, before you before you uh, brought it up this morning. That's I just, great. I caught it on the last minute. Like, you know, let me look at, uh, you know, some of the technology news sites right before we went live so it was perfect it literally yeah. is breaking news <laughs> happy holidays to uh, amd gpu users and you know who, who enjoy those drivers especially if you're using linux uh, amd is finally pushing out an open source vulcan driver so if you're using if you're using Linux um, and and or just enjoy having open source drivers, uh, AMD is finally pushing that out after promising it a, a while ago, right? It's been about two years, actually. Right on. Right on. So I don't I don't use Linux a ton. I'm still kind of getting you know kind of dipping my toes in. Um, so so why why is this so so significant as as you know as someone who uses Linux so much? To be honest, it actually, I think the Linux story uh, uh, aspect of this is interesting, but I think it's its probably one of the smaller points in it. And, and, the, sure. and um, it's always great to see uh, open source anything, especially such a, a vital component of your system stack. But in this case, it, it two points stick out to me. Number one, from a technical perspective, this is actually part of the shared driver stack. The, the, the interesting thing that AMD is trying to do with their, their graphics driver stack is and share as much as possible the code base between Windows and Linux. Mm -hmm. So this driver is going to work on both platforms. Right on. Very cool. And the fact that it is the official driver and open source means that Vulkan performance is going to be very good across Windows across the and Linux. Exactly. And that's, that's really exciting to me because that puts Vulkan ahead of the game. And being that it is also the, the uh, de, de facto tool for Android going forward, and basically everybody that's not Mac OS or iOS, it's starting to feel like the next generation 
graphics battle is going to be won by Vulcan. You know, DirectX 12 is awesome. Um, I don't know a lot about Metal, Apple's answer to this. Mm -hmm. Except that it originally was derived from AMD work. So there you go. <laughs> metal. Sorry. That's, you know, that's it. AMD mantle was the thing that Apple metal turned into anyway. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's cool because what this is going to do is, is I think push Vulcan into number one and, and just crush the competition, which is great because it's open source and high, way more performant than uh, OpenGL. So very cool, man. Well, that's good news. Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all you G, uh, GMD, AMD users. <laughs> Is something like pooping in the background like a cat? <sighs> yes, she's done. <laughs> the SEC or the Security Exchange Commission in the United States has released a statement on cryptocurrency and initial coin offerings. It's not a binding document necessarily, but this lays out how the SEC is planning on, on thinking about and reacting to cryptocurrencies, initial coin offerings, and anything having to do with, with you, know, you know, blockchain and currency uh, going forward. It's mm -hmm. a very welcome thing in... Yeah, it's, it's, less, um, it's less hostile than I thought maybe it, it would be. Yeah, it's, it's, and at <laughs> least it's, it's when fairly... When they clear. would find the side to weigh in. Yeah. Oh, it is. And, um, and, and, you know, uh, I, I feel like it, it seems to draw a pretty good line between, you know, th there's definitely some potential here, but you should definitely be careful. Um, you know, it's not, um, you know, there, there are definitely some things that you should watch out for, but you know, there are some promising futures for, for cryptocurrency. So I, I thought that was a really interesting that they, they, they seem to take a, a good kind of middle of the road um, informed position on it. I think I agree with them in pretty much totality. I mean, if you treat cryptocurrency as like some, you know, you know, gold rush that you got to get in on and that's going to like deliver you, you know, massive returns on investments. Well, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if right now you treat it as a fun thing to get into that has potential. Then you're going to have a good time. Yeah, then I think you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it a lot more. Yeah, because if you're expecting quick returns, especially, you're gonna be very disappointed. Of course, there's the part that we say yep. that, and then all of a sudden, Bitcoin is Bitcoin is like but skyrocketing into the stratosphere of back money. Anybody who, who uh, lived through the early internet and then the dot com bubble of the '90s should have a good perspective on this. I feel like until we have that 1999-2000 bubble pop of like similar to the dot-com era, you know, it was no question that the internet was the, the, the next big thing that was revolutionizing life. Right. But that doesn't mean that the, the, the incarnation that we had then was worth keeping going forward. And that and economically, no. the, the market responded, and that was the dot-com bubble. I feel like until cryptocurrency has that moment, and it will have it, it will remain a risky, risky thing to treat as a, as a serious investment. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree with that.
it is a lot of fun though. And it's, you know, it's, it's cool to have an alternative, um, especially one that's totally anonymous. Um, not that I'm, would be using it for anything nefarious, but it's just, it's nice, you know, especially if you, you know, I think we talked about it in a past episode where, um, I think it was Sweden or Finland, um, was, was offering, you know, cryptocurrency to incoming refugees because they didn't have identity or uh, they didn't have any sort of, um, you know, ID or, or any, anything to identify who they were, but they still needed money to live off of. And cryptocurrency kind of answered one of those issues. Um, so, so, sorry, I forgot the point that I was trying to make. It has so much potential. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on my second ah. cup of coffee. Once I'm through this, we'll, we'll be it. good. We'll allow it. Star Citizen has been a game and a and 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 really a, a an entire story that I've been following for a little while. It's for those of you who are only a little bit aware or not aware. Star Citizen was a crowdfunding campaign to remake Wing Commander, not just Wing Commander, but basically make a a sci-fi space game that was so all-encompassing that it would it would take the idea of a of an MMO to the next level. We're talking, you know, uh, ship gaming better than Elite Dangerous, first-person combat, uh, you know, an entire economy, a, a massive universe to explore on a grand scale. But they certainly, they certainly raised a, 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 an amazing amount of money to get this going. Since the development mm -hmm. began in 2012, Star Citizen has raised about $170 million in crowdsourcing. Man, that's crazy. And people are, are I mean, there are a lot of people who are very invested in very this, much. too. Uh, despite, um, despite how long it's been kind of in this early access, beta, whatever, still making it state. They're continuing to make money by selling these, uh, like, like ship packages, right? Uh, you know, upgrades for your character and, 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 and things like that. You can then use them in the sort of, like, beta environment that they provided, which is a much, 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 much smaller environment. It's basically, like, some space and one planet, and you can fly around, and that's sort of, sort of it right now. Mm. They have grand aspirations, including um, having hired... Stars like uh, Gillian Anderson and Gary Oldman and Mark Hamill to motion capture and voice act uh, an entire campaign <laughs> called Squadron 42. Yeah. So why are they getting sued then? Well, this is kind of interesting. Originally, the game was built on the CryEngine, which everybody's fairly familiar with, right? They, at some point in the development cycle, they decided to pivot to a new technology from... Amazon called Lumberyard. Yeah, I think we we may have talked about that during. GPU, I think it was think. that long ago. Yeah, I think so. So Lumberyard, so about might, a year. Lumberyard is a is a platform Amazon provides for gaming development, which basically gives you a direct pipeline from from development of the game onto Amazon Web Services. So if you're especially like you know in the paradigm of like an MMO where you're going to have to have you know, a really dynamic and massive server deployment to meet the needs of, of, of that game. Lumberyard provides a pretty sweet on-ramp 
to that and 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 this whole platform for game developers to to use Crytek claims that as development of Star Citizen has progressed, the CryEngine had been used for more purposes than specified in its original contract. In particular, it says a, a de decision to develop two Star Citizen games two titles, violates yeah, an agreement. Instead of the one. software would be used to only develop one. So this seems like a case where they do have a legal standing in a case, but I got to admit, it that's pretty predatory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it certainly sounds like a uh, a a breach of contract. But I mean what what I mean I I guess I don't understand why Crytek why would they be concerned that they're using it to make two titles? Where does Crytek lose out on? I suppose on their that, contract. Guess, you know, they would they they would have negotiated a larger contract to develop two titles instead of one. If they knew that that right, yeah, if they knew that they were going to do two. Okay, it's like if you, you know, you're trying to throw a party and you say it's a wedding, <laughs> the, the Jesus, price jumps up the truth. threefold. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting. Well. I, I imagine I imagine that Star Citizen is going to fight fight this tooth and nail because it's it's kind of ridiculous. It is, and I wonder if Amazon would get into the game, being that Ooh. I think this is the highest profile use of Lumberyard yet. Oh, I bet they will because yeah, they'll get some exposure, and this is. I mean, are there any other big titles that are using Lumberyard? Um, at least ones that are getting publicity. I don't know. That's a really good question. That's that's going to be something we should follow up on. I know that it is. It's a lot of people are interested in it, from what I've read, but I can't think of another massive title off the top of my head that's using it. Right on. That would be worth it. You know, get right. You know, no, you know, no, no such thing as bad press. I guess. <laughs> right. You know? Right. 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 This is also the clearest <laughs> sign to me since the beginning of the Star Citizen project that this game is probably going to be awesome. Yeah, um, I remember I uh, participated in a, a free beta <clears throat> weekend. Uh, it was, I think, it was last year. Oh, yeah? I definitely, I definitely struggled to to run it, but I think it's because so many people were using it, and the server was mm. just way overloaded. But what I was able to do, it looks beautiful. Oh really? man, yeah. So I'm excited to try it when it's you know really working and and finished. Agreed. I think I could be a you know a, a day one or a week one customer, but I don't think I'm going to get in before that. I feel like no, this is no, no, no. way too unstable. Yeah, I yeah, it really is, and that probably contributed to why I wasn't able to really play it. <laughs> Talk about a logical reason to go to Lumberyard, though, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Given that what happened during your beta. Yep. Exactly. Right on. Well, good luck, Star Citizen. You, uh, it seems like you've got a pretty awesome uh, game going there. Can't wait to see it. Hopefully, yeah. it'll happen. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> actually come out. <clears throat> I think, and part of that perception. I mean, game obviously, you know, the, these these types of games take a long time to make. You know, other gaming companies, you know, they 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 don't really announce those games until they're ready to you know, release um, 
uh, like something, uh, something. Um, so, so, I mean, that process takes a long time. I mean, it's 2017, the last, you know, for example, Elder Scrolls came out in 2011, was six years ago. So, you know, in, in perspective, this, this, you know, the games like this take a long time to make, but we keep hearing about it in little pieces. So it's kind of constantly in view so that I feel like that may be why it feels like it's taking forever to come out when in reality, it's like, you know, this was, this is a pretty small team to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they literally built the company to make this right, exactly game. from the bottom up. So yeah. it wasn't just like, you know, it wasn't like, like, like Bethesda coming in and being, we like, had okay. marketing and a development team and, right. and all of these. Yeah. So yeah, they, they built it from scratch. So it, it, I'm just mentioning it because I feel like my perception has been like, man, wasn't this, this started a while ago. And it's like, no, actually it's, you know, this is, this is normal. This we is just normal. don't, we just don't hear about it. in piecemeal. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's the, I feel like there's a lot of parallels to like an open source project. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, 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 we don't see the internal debates and trials and tribulations of a lot of software that, that very true. That is done yeah. behind closed doors. And in this case we are seeing it warts and all. And, it's a fascinating process. I feel like that should elicit a little sympathy in, <laughs> from people, but we'll see. We need to talk about Mozilla. Yeah, this is weird, man. This is what a weird thing for them to do. And so Mo- Mozilla uh, is is getting some some heat right now because they they added a plugin into Firefox Quantum. Their their new uh, browser. It's called Looking Glass, and it's connected to the Mr. Robot series. And it 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 doesn't start active, but it it's just there. Like they you, they didn't. No one gave permission or activated this. It just it just showed up. So that's a little concerning that that they can do that. That they can just add plugins without anyone knowing, without anyone giving permission, and for something that, I mean, their explanation of it is so weird to me. I, I, I mean, I've heard the show is really good. I have not watched it. And they're kind of saying that it's a way for fans of the show to connect with. It's based off of something to do with the show, um, an alternative reality game inside of the show. And it's a way for fans to connect in another way to the show. But... I don't know why but I don't just, fucking why, want, I don't it want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and and their explanation is so odd. It's like our goal with the custom experience we created with Mr. Robot was to engage our users in a fun and unique way. You're making a big assumption that all of your users are watching Mr. Robot. <laughs> it is the most pencil neck <clears throat> geeky fucking stupid assumption on their part, and it comes at the worst possible moment. What a what like I I have I have some some feelings about this because because you know I I want and have and and have long hoped for Firefox to be a competitive browser. I and and, and I haven't used it for years before Firefox Quantum because I felt like performance was really lagging behind and it was mm-hmm. hard to go and just, you know, full face into Chrome, knowing that like, Jesus, you know, this is like on some level functionally spyware, you know? Right. But Firefox just wasn't up to the task for a long time. And all the while I'm sitting there just like, you know, using proprietary crap while Firefox, well, sorry, while Mozilla is like wasting resources on their phone project that doesn't get anywhere or like, you know, 
you know, look back in time and look at all of the things Mozilla used, you know, used to be doing, but now is not, right? Mm-hmm. So they finally double down and they make a good browser. Quantum is objectively great, I think, and I'm really enjoying using it. I've basically switched all of my business stuff over to Firefox and I'm using right it on. exclusively for that. Touting themselves as the 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 privacy focused yes, browser <laughs> that you know we're not going to we're you know look at us we're open source we don't we don't we don't do all the things that Chrome does <laughs> as far as your privacy goes. and then they literally put like like look at this fucking browser like look at this add on it is the creepiest thing the the description says and I quote in all capital letters my reality is just different than yours. <laughs> That's the Firefox add-on description. So no wonder people freaked the fuck out when they, you know, dug into the add-ons and were like, what is this? Like, it was so stupid. And I think I, there's, there, um, we have to go a little bit deeper because I think it's, I think this is, this is a, a much, much, much deeper problem. Okay. Because this came directly from marketing. Firefox inked a deal. Sorry, I keep calling Mozilla Firefox. Mozilla inked a deal several years ago in the US. We all know how Mozilla makes their money, right? Mozilla, mm -hmm. Mozilla makes their money by selling the default search engine to whoever will give them the most money. So they ship Firefox and Google or Yahoo or you know whomever gives them a bunch of money for that to be the default search engine. That's how Firefox makes its money, okay? They inked a deal with Yahoo way, 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 a couple, I'm not sure, several years ago when Marissa Meyer was just taking over, okay? And in their contract to give default search rights to Yahoo instead of Google, not only was the deal for a billion dollars over something like three or four or five years, which is a ton of money. Yes. In the contract, they put a clause, Mozilla inserted a clause that Yahoo agreed to that said, if Yahoo was to be sold and Mozilla did not like the buyer, they could <laughs> break the contract with no repercussions and Yahoo would still be on the hook to pay the original agreement. Wow. Why did Yahoo agree to that? <laughs> I cannot, for the life of me, figure that one out. But they did. That's bananas. <laughs> so you might have noticed that Firefox does not ship Yahoo as the default search engine anymore. Because Yahoo was sold to Verizon just a little bit ago. And Mozilla didn't like that. So they used that clause in their contract stopped shipping Yahoo as the default search engine, went back to Google, got a nice fat chunk of change from them. The point I'm trying to make here is that Mozilla is sitting on a fuckload of money that they did not earn. Right on. And I think over the years, as we've seen with Firefox Phone and look at the the wake of dead projects and that Mozilla has left behind like <laughs> Thunderbird and you know really interesting things but that just did not get anywhere I think Mozilla is actually having a culture problem mm. I don't think this is a technical problem and it's certainly not a funding problem 
But I think that this and the last several years of their history reveal that the perception that they would like you to have of them as an organization is vastly different than how they actually operate. I think you're probably right. And that really That's sucks because we really need an open source browser to kick ass right now. Absolutely. No, and I, I use Firefox a lot. Um, I, I pretty much use it for, for everything. It's really too bad. Um, man, what a bummer. What a bummer. How stupid. I mean, they've since, you know, released... and that's, that's what gets me. Uh, sorry. No, that's it. what that's what gets me about this. Why this? Why this stupid little mis specific focused thing on Mr. Robot of all things to like to to put in and have be the issue and that's what you chose? It wasn't it wasn't some you know, security feature where, oh, the end justifies the means or some broader, bigger thing. It's like, no, it's a plugin for this fucking show. Why? Why, <laughs> Why this? Uh, you know, if it had to be anything that you fucked up on, you know, if we had to like go through the catalog and choose, all right, what's going to be your big fuck up? Why is it this? Uh, it, it, um, it just seems crazy to me. Like, who who made this choice? Who greenlit this? And this article says that they didn't even make any money on it. It, <laughs> it was just dumb. Fuck me. <laughs> Jesus. To be fair, I, and I suppose to their credit, they have since, uh, Mozilla has since open sourced the code to that plugin, but it's not enough. <sighs> we'll see. I'll keep using Firefox, but Boy, oh boy. Boy, I'll oh keep, boy. Keep I checking that plugins tab. <laughs> certainly am worried about the long-term responsibility of Mozilla at this point. That is for sure. Bummer. Bummer. This sort of frames the last half of the episode a little bit, I'd say. Well, Disney in... I... I uh, I'm... I'm I can't I can't believe that this was even allowed to happen. This seems very much like a monopoly, uh, but but I guess Disney can do whatever the hell they want with uh, zero repercussions. Uh, Disney has acquired uh, 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 at least it is it in the the entire 21st century fox company or is it just a, a chunk of it 21st uh, century fox is is the entertainment branch of fox right so they so they they bought that branch they 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 bought that uh, as well as um a bunch of stock um and i think some debt that fox had for 52.4 billion um 52.4 billion dollars billion and with a b with a B. And so now they uh, they own the rights to, I mean, their their film and television studios, their cable entertainment networks, their international TV business, um, properties like X-Men, one of the <laughs> Avatar, which I'm laughing because who the fuck cares about Avatar anymore? <laughs> I feel, well, I keep seeing it everywhere. Everyone's like, oh, and they bought the rights to Avatar. Like, who cares? Anyway, the Simpsons, <laughs> FX Networks, <laughs> National Geographic. Sorry, I I just need to qualify that a little bit more because <laughs> I feel like a crazy person because I, I, 
I kept seeing it pop up everywhere as like a big part of this this grab. <laughs> it's like it's I, I I guess people care about it. I think it's probably just because there's already two more movies in the works. Really? Yeah. Did you know that? Oh, gross. Anyway, yeah, I, I, don't, um, I, I would prefer not to choke on that again. Yeah. But OK. <laughs> I'm um, with you there, bud. <laughs> uh, oh, and, and Hulu as well um, right. is, is part of this. Um, so that's. That's a really huge controlling uh, stake in America's and, well, international entertainment. It amounts to about 40% of the entire entertainment industry. How is that okay? It isn't. No, it straight up isn't. It's 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 a monopoly. Well, we can't call it a monopoly, but it's absolutely a. a we can't tech. We can't technically call it a monopoly because it's it's not fifty one percent. Right. It's it's cronyism <laughs> through and through, though. I mean, this is just a, a massive grab. I mean, this is the angle we're we're taking, you know, from it. I I think there are probably people right now that are going, boy, you know, maybe they should talk about the fact that Disney owns X Men now, and so Marvel can make X Men movies. And it's like, yes, but. Boy, I am having a real hard time feeling like that's a that's like a better thing than there being, you know, independent media. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truly. And it's and it's I'm with you. I'm with you guys. Like I have really wished that X-Men could get out of the clutches of Fox for a long time and go right back to mm -hmm. Marvel. I'm so with you. That's that is pretty cool. But. I it this this I I. I feel like if that's how you read this, then you you are a frog that needs to hop out of the pot right now because it's boiling. It's like I don't want everything that I watch to have this Disney film over it. <laughs> this shiny, glossy, yeah, slick, I, oily substance. So this is this is disappointing to me. Um, I don't it, I feel like it's a sign of not super great things to come. Which we will be discussing in the second half of this episode. Oh, <laughs> perhaps you've been privy to an, a story more like a fight, more like a spat between Apple and Google and Amazon. There's yep. been a oh. stupid thing going on over there, like streaming hardware they're right their boxes right <laughs> they're dumb it, it all stems from the fact that amazon for years has refused to sell both the apple tv and the google chromecast as a result various services have been blocked on those devices various amazon services have been blocked in and out on those devices um also in retaliation Google has taken to blocking things like YouTube on Amazon devices. And so it goes back and forth for a number of years. Well, fine. I won't be your friend. You're not my friend anymore. You're not coming to my birthday. What it feels like. <laughs> it's totally that. And it's it's one thing when four year olds do that. But when like the, the largest and most profitable and farthest reaching companies in human existence do it, it's like. Man, we haven't evolved. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We are monkeys. We are hairless monkeys. We don't even have the ability to cover up. It's just <laughs> pathetic. However, this week on Thursday, it was announced that Amazon will begin selling Apple TV and Chromecast devices on the heels of the announcement that Apple TV will be allowing Amazon Prime Video 
on their device on their devices. So we can expect Google to acquiesce soon, I'm very sure. And now we're all going to get along and consumers are happy because we get to buy little set top boxes to stream our Netflixes and our Hulus and our <laughs> Amazon Primes and all of that wonderful entertainment. Okay. Here it is. We've come to the lump. This is... <laughs> you knew we were going to talk about it because it's a big deal. And we have some interesting follow-up links on this story that I don't think you're going to be uh, able to get easily or pull it together. So I hope we're going to put paint a whole picture here. Long and the short of it is, as expected, the Federal Communications Commission did in fact vote to repeal net neutrality this past week. You know what would have been kind of funny is if we didn't talk about this because <laughs> we've, sorry, we, we've, we've been talking about it pretty much every episode that we've, for the run of this show. Pretty much. It's come up pretty much the entire time and, and the hammer has, has finally yeah, fallen. Came down on Thursday. In a very disappointing move that most of America agrees is a very disappointing move. Something around 85% of the population views this as a, uh, as, a, as a bad, negative thing. So should we panic? Is that it? Is, the, is this over? Not necessarily. Uh, I mean, Congress still has the ability to uh, um, re reverse this. I don't think that they will <laughs> uh, in, in its current state. But it's not quite over yet. None of these changes will be implemented for a, a, a few months, I think. So there is some time to to continue to call your representatives, um, make make a stink. I mean, you know, call whoever you need to make your voice heard. There's still some time. Um, but in the meantime, um, a bunch of state attorneys, uh, state, sorry, state attorney generals are are, are are beginning the process of suing the FCC over this. Um, include, I think, um, um, our 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 um, attorney general here in Massachusetts was very quick to announce that they were doing that. Vermont as well. Yeah, yeah. there's about 17 states, which there are 50 states, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll take what we can get and. The, the map of which states those are is pretty obvious <laughs> what's going on. But um, it's unfortunate that they're trying to turn this into a partisan issue because the polls indicate that it really is not. It really is not. <sighs> yeah, I mean, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the majority of people have come out against the repeal of net neutrality. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's just nothing to do with party lines. Absolutely nothing to do with it. It's also noteworthy that while Congress is the ultimate, I think, um, is ultimately going to have to be the one who weighs in on this to, to really settle the score, it's worth mentioning that now we're going to move into the court phase. Lots of organizations, uh, AGs, like you said earlier, and, and, and businesses are suing the FCC over this, which will most likely put a stay on the vote until the litigation is complete. So that's going to buy us a fair amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I thought it rather 
odd that Netflix had been sort of Netflix had, you know, has traditionally been such a massive and vocal net neutrality proponent. It was sort of weird in the couple in the days uh, after the the decision went through. I thought it was weird that Netflix wasn't really sort of as vocal as they normally had. And I believe it's because they were preparing for this. Netflix has announced they're going to uh, uh, sue the FCC directly themselves. Awesome. I'm sure that they'll eventually be joining forces with the likes of the EFF. Who, by the way, if you are feeling like you need to give away some money anytime <laughs> soon, by the way, to all of our to all of our, our listeners, we don't get anything from the from uh, the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation. I am a copper level member of the EFF. Ooh, what does that mean? <laughs> I gave him 60 bucks. But like these cats, they develop Privacy Badger, the extension that I usually recommend people use it, uh, for Chrome and Firefox, which blocks internet tracking uh, mm -hmm. programs. The EFF is a very, very, very awesome organization that takes internet privacy very seriously and weighs in and litigates and throws their weight behind a number of digital rights issues. So they also are gearing up for a long protract protracted court battle. So I don't know if this is really going to actually affect us in the near term. Right on. Doesn't mean it's not fucking awful, though. <laughs> and yeah, not not that it's not incredibly terrifying, especially uh, now that the FCC is actively blocking law enforcement into investigating what is clearly uh, fraud with all the people who have been commenting and, and sending in their their feedback and trying to you know make their voice heard and clearly very clearly there is something fishy going on over there because there are dead people commenting uh, you know as proponents of the repeal of net neutrality <laughs> and the FCC is blocking law enforcement from investigating that something stinks guys something stinks there is a widget that the New York Attorney General's office provides if you'd like to check and see if your identity was stolen to make a false comment to the FCC you can go to their website and do so and I, I suggest you do because there's quite a lot of people who are discovering that they despite being very much for net neutrality were used to log negative uh, feedback uh, against net neutrality on the FCC site. It's just bananas. And that is identity theft. So I want to make that clear. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of ways. What we're trying to tell you is that there's a whole bunch of ways in which this is probably going to get butt fucked in court. So with any luck, we will be witnessing a very, very public butt fucking scene. <laughs> That's it for the news, and if that's all you're here for, go ahead and turn us off. Or stick around for our deep dive. Guaranteed we'll be back next week with the latest, the greatest, and sometimes hated in gaming and technology. You can look us up at shinypodcast.com where you can subscribe to the latest shows and check out whatever else we're cooking up for you. Download the Shiny Podcast in all your favorite podcatching applications. And if you want to say hi or make a suggestion, send us some feedback or a hot tip on tech news, you can visit shinypodcast.com slash contact. Fill out that form. Or email us at hello at shinypodcast.com.
Okay, guys. Again, we're going to talk about The Last Jedi. This is your last warning. If you have not seen the movie, stop listening. We are going to talk about it. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Go away. But if you have seen it, stick around. (laughs) It doesn't get much more clear than that, guys. Seriously. We're going to deep dive into this. Okay. So, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, uh, came out on Thursday evening. Uh, both of us saw it. Uh, I think, Chris, you saw it on Thursday. I saw it on Friday night. Um, and, uh... This has been a uh, thread for us for a long time. We started GPU talking about yes, this movie. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Way back in the archives, if you feel like going back and hearing us really make uh, some amazing podcasting mistakes, the, <laughs> we discussed the, the Last Jedi, I think, on the very first episode and, and what our predictions and sort of feelings about it could be. So it's been sort of part of the DNA of the show, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, since its inception. Absolutely. Because I, 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 yeah, when... I remember when the the poster came out, um, I, I had a, a theory about kind of where where the story was going to be going, um, and and maybe some questions that might get answered. Uh, they were not. <laughs> they were not answered. So, I I want to start. You know, I guess, I guess I'll I'll uh, I'll start. Um, I want to start by saying that I, I, whenever I go to see one of these movies, I mean, they, they have different directors, they have different writing teams. I, I try to keep it in that frame of reference because I think it's very easy to, to go into these movies with really, really, really high expectations, especially for me where Star Wars is so intertwined in the fabric of my childhood of my experience with science fiction probably my first experience with science fiction in film um and so it's incredibly important to me and you know you i guess what i'm trying to 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 do is i don't want to sound like a, a raving fanboy uh because i feel like people shut that out pretty quickly and and will just tune out um but but this is a franchise that means a lot to me. So I, I, I do try to go into these movies with, with a bit of a grain of salt in my mouth. Um, visually, the movie is stunning. The settings are great. I love a lot of the design choices. Um, like uh, Snoke's... Uh, what? throne room <laughs> uh is is beautiful um i love the design of the guards uh, armor and uh the the design choices and the the visuals are absolutely beautiful um a, the ship designs were awesome a plus the set designs for design. were awesome the costumes were awesome the aliens were awesome there's a there's a, a scene where you see like just you know never before seen animals in a stable in the, in a particular scene and they they're just just astounding to see how well these things can be rendered. Mm-hmm. 
and give you know kind of gives the world a little bit of life um you know and and it looks good it <laughs> nothing seemed to stay out of place the battle scenes were orgasmic oh, yes i mean like just the most like 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 nail biting edge of your seat holy cow what am i seeing like feeling like you are at the battle with 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 imagery that you you know you know space battles in star wars are always pretty epic honestly but this one definitely had a unique feel the way that camera angles captured the action in space and the way that they followed ships and the way they sort of like you know went from these sweeping overviews to very narrow you know moving shots of of of, of the ships and of the action it was it was you know i think we really do have to give director ryan johnson a huge nod for the construction and aesthetics of the entire thing i mean it's just like it, there's there's a there's an intelligence to the framing visually of this movie that i think is um above the rest and i really believe that mm -hmm. um i uh I, I mean, I have some other positive things that I want to say about it, but I'm, I'm going to tie them into to some, you know, may, maybe later on. So, so what really, um, I was really disappointed by 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 a few things with with the movie. Um, I think I'm trying to find a way to to, to say this without getting kind of upset um uh, about it <laughs> 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 we're there folks so again overall i thought the movie was fine it was it was it was a cool action movie but in the in the frame of a star wars movie it felt a bit hollow it yeah. didn't you know they the the force awakens really set you up for a lot of uh, you know to, to to get a lot of answers to what happened to luke and you know what have jesus what happened with kylo ren and and what happened with you know the you know the destruction of the you know him trying to train a new generation of jedis and you you got an answer but it was two three maybe five minutes if that if that it it felt like it felt like the movie was striving to we have to develop all of these other subplots oh crap we've got to fit in that really big one okay squeeze it in over there that's what it felt like it felt rushed it didn't feel like it was the the story it didn't feel like it was the main focus and you know considering that you know luke passes on at the end of this movie it felt like an important thing to address and make a focal point and it just wasn't that's just not what the movie was about like at all <laughs> at all <laughs> at all the and it oh you go ahead now i don't want to jump in if you, if you no want and, and more. the other thing that i was you know kind of the the one a major sticking point for me was the 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 quote unquote comedy the moments where this is supposed to be kind of a a deep moment and it felt like i i felt like i was in the writer's room 
And the head writer was like, you know what? This is getting a little too serious. Throw a cheap little joke in there. Make the audience laugh. La- you know, they they got to laugh, guys. Let's get a chuckle. Or yeah, let's get a chuckle out of it. It was just like like the the opening shot of, you know, being reintroduced to Ray coming in contact with Luke and Luke just casually tosses the lightsaber all over his shoulder. And you know, the audience that of, of the theater that I was sitting in laughed and I was just like I slumped down in my seat. I was just like, oh no. Oh no. Wait. And I'm I'm trying to get into the heads of of you know who who was making that decision and 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 I think I know what they were trying to do that this was behind Luke like he didn't want anything to do with it, but it seemed so it it, it was a it was a physical comedy gag and it just was like it could have been done in any other way he could have like taken it in his hand and then just dropped it and walked away that would have been so much more meaningful like if he had like looked at it dropped it and walked away as opposed to meh over the shoulder i don't have time for that (laughs) and it's just like oh what the fuck and there were a lot of moments like that throughout the movie where you know finn is is battling um is phasma is that it um yeah oh yeah the 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 character that was built up to be a character who once again has two lines captain phasma the chrome stormtrooper and he was like no no this is chrome dome and it was just like oh god like why why there were just so many moments like that and it was just infuriating it took me out of the movie like it took me out of the experience and the universe and uh, it drove me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and so so those those were some of those were some of my major gripes with the movie and just there were just some larger questions that didn't get answered. It really bothered me that you know the the movie was setting up to kind of be like this is the end of we are ending the dogma of the Jedi and the Sith. It's over. Like, there's a scene where, you know, on this island, which presumably was like the birth of the Jedi Order, and these ancient texts are kept there. Um, and the, and and but you know they at some point light the tree on. You know, Yoda comes back and lights the tree on fire. Um, uh. And presumably those books have all been burned up, but it turns out that Ray has taken those books and, you know, throughout the, you know, at the end of the movie, you know, Luke is like, no, like, I'm not the last Jedi. There's going to be another, you know, she'll continue on. And it's like, no, like, I thought the point was we're ending this, the split, the, the religion, the religion is over. And what a powerful message that would be. But that's not what they did. <laughs> In fact, they they entrenched. They they dug deeper and 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 contradicted themselves in the process. Exactly, and that man that broke my heart. It really did. Um, I was really this disappointed was, by that. It was loaded with odd contradictions and 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 rife with things that it wasn't. It just it didn't make sense on a fundamental level. Like it's so scattered. I mean, the the 
just the trying to follow the plot was it was scattered. <laughs> Finn's entire arc oh, was no. yeah. unnecessary. Unnecessary. He sent on a mission with a new character, Rose, to go and get this code breaker and some gambling mecha. And it's like, this is the only code breaker that can let us sneak on the Star Destroyer. And if you don't get this one guy, then this whole plan isn't going to work. And guess what? They don't come back with that fucking guy. They just get some weirdo Benicio del Toro toss off character. And 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 it was like, oh, this works. And it never, it, it it just wait, what? <laughs> what? But you just said, okay, fine. I like, I'm, you know, this movie took the willing suspension of disbelief and stretched it to the utmost of your ability. And it's odd because it's a different kind of bad than I'm used to from Star Wars. You know, like like in the prequels. There's like a there's a bad right. There's this masturbatory indulgent thing going on in, in the pre. I mean, it's like let's call a spade a spade, right? We all know it. Um, I still can find enjoyment in some parts of them anyway, but I mean, oh, I still watch them, but I know what I'm getting into. Exactly, exactly. It, this is not that. This is not that. This is not that thing. I found this. I keep jumping in. Are you are you good? Is this a good time for me to to, to yeah, hop in I, there? I was just gonna throw out one more analogy. Um, yeah. I th I think of I I think of um, when Bilbo Baggins is talking about the effect that the the ring is having on him. It's not enough butter spread across too much toast. Just that stretched, scraped, hollow <laughs> feeling. I love that. I think that that's 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 perfect. That really does capture my my initial reaction to the movie. Yes. And I want I just wanted one more thing. There are other things that I like about the movie that I do want to talk about. Um, but I, I do. I do want to get through the criticism phase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping so, to end on a positive note. But yes. But yeah. Go. This movie is not at all what it felt like they were setting up in the force awakens exactly. and not at all what the marketing would have had you believe. And the entire time I was, I had the sensation that I was being force fed something. I was being like food was being rammed down my throat for my own good. It was really uncomfortable. And then part of that is that I had, a you like star Wars kid. Here's some star Here's Wars. Some fucking star Wars. You little whore. The, <laughs> It, it, I, I had a hard time, you know, maybe and, and maybe this one's on me, but when I went into that theater, I had a hard time separating the reality of the the acquisition of Fox that I had just read about, you know, yeah, a, that's a, few a tough hours. frame of reference to walk into that situation. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely sort of tainted my thinking about the whole thing. So that's that's an, an, a really important point to make. But God, if I am. This is this was the to me this felt like the most obvious diversifying of a portfolio in in film form that I have ever seen. Like it was the entire theme of the movie is that you know you fail and things change and that you know you got to let go and get over it and and move on. And they played out that theme by coming up with completely nonsensical plot devices to occupy our characters just long enough 
so that Ray would leave the planet with Luke and come back and 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 do something. And and it, I mean, all the while, there's there's conflicts that could have been solved with very basic communication skills. Very very basic <laughs> communication skills. You know, when when Poe Dameron at one point. We're going to talk about Carrie Fisher, but well, just a sec. At one point, there's a reason that you know, Leia is removed from the story for a little while because she has a little accidente. <laughs> and Laura Dern takes over. Now, Laura Dern is one of the best actors kind of ever. She's awesome. I love Laura Dern. Yeah, she's amazing. But she, not. She basically tells Poe, like Poe's freaking out, like, hey, we have to do something. We have to do something about this crazy situation. What's the At crazy situation? Time, the crazy situation is that they're running out of the rebel fleet down to four ships is running out of fuel and being chased at low speed just outside of weapons <laughs> range by a group of star destroyers on which one of them is Snoke, the big bad guy from the last one. All of the questions around him, like it's a low speed chase. They have six hours of fuel and that's it. So that's the predominant action of the middle of the movie, right? And when Poe freaking out about this ridiculous situation going like, yay, this is retarded. Should we not just like do something about this low speed chase that we're in? <laughs> Laura Dern's character, the, the acting admiral of the fleet, just says something to the effect of, oh, you're full of energy and testosterone. Why don't you go sit down? Later on, it's revealed that they're acting on a plot to, to, to let the crew escape to a hidden planet that we didn't know was right there under their noses, that somehow the First Order did not read directly in fucking front of them. <laughs> and if he had, she had just told Poe that, hey, look, there's a planet up ahead. We're going to make it look like the fleet's going one way and launch a bunch of ships. He wouldn't have freaked out and tried to mutiny. Like, <laughs> it's just <laughs> such a cascade of ridiculousness that human beings with a little meat between the ears could have solved, you know? And, and it, instead of focusing on trying to craft this continuing story that has spanned several movies at this point of 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 how the empire came to be and what it is and and the redemption of of skywalker and the family like this whole story they focused on inane little tiny plots that were designed to exemplify how it's pointless to try <laughs> <laughs> you know it really felt like Disney was tipping back my seat, putting the cloth over my nose and saying, just relax, just relax. You're going to get a lot of Star Wars. You're going to get a lot. Of <laughs> it's all good. And I was willing to forgive a lot of it until the whole, um, until, until what they did, until Carrie Fisher, until Leia's character. And, and that for me was really when I lost my shit. That's really when I, was, I, I became angry instead of just dejected. Because what they do is, is, is they made this movie and then, you know, remember Carrie Fisher died several months ago. Right. Or a year ago. A year ago. It's been a, it's been a long time now. And that's, you know, she was 
you know, she was young for her age, but damn, did that woman live. And she, I, I think Carrie Fisher is just one of the coolest things to come out of Hollywood, maybe ever, honestly. Absolutely. Knowing the sadness that the fan base is going to have for seeing her in this movie, Disney made the intentional decision to put her in not just one, but three completely over-the-top, scenes showing her in very vulnerable moments where she is about to die and then not kill her they gave her three perfect outs three perfect outs that would have been astounding wonderful send-offs and guess what she's alive at the end of this movie so guaranteed yeah. they're just going to do a toss-off it's just going to be a, a liner note in the in the in the, in the next movie and that just is like, it's not just disrespectful, it's intentionally predatory, I think. It's pretty fucking gross, in my opinion. It's not great, man. No, it's disappointing. And then, you know, there's, you know, it, 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 there's, there's other stupid things like, they it, like like the like the even down to the terms used like there's this one point where they they need to like break into the rebel base the 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 first order has dropped the the new generation of walkers and they need to recreate the scene in empire strikes back and and <laughs> but they use this this device that will that will bore a hole it will it will open the door it'll, it'll destroy the door to the rebel hangar right and what is it it's a battering ram cannon. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the stupidest thing I have ever fucking heard in my life. Battering ram cannon. Could you not have just called it a cannon or a battering ram <laughs> or a laser? It doesn't matter what you like. It it was like such an obvious like it, like this this term came up in committee by a group of people that have never seen Star Wars, and this entire movie felt that way. Which is fine, actually, because it's not it's not it's not for me, you know, Luke in this movie was a museum piece. He was a, a, a slice of history of a story of a bygone era. Less even of a, a passing of the torch of an acknowledgement that this is the beginning of Disney's massive new franchise. And I'm and I'm sorry, like, that's the only lore I can come to really with this movie. Like this, this like the story that we wanted, like you said, or that I wanted or thought this movie was going to be about was a flashback, you know, an, a, a very quick flashback where Luke sort of quickly described what happened and why Kylo and him don't get along anymore. <laughs> that's that's the movie I wanted to see. <laughs> that's that was. That's what I thought I was getting into. Yeah. And you know, shame on me. You know, that's my bad. That's my bad thinking that this was going to be a movie for people who like Star Wars. Sorry, that sounds so pompous. It's, it's, I, I, I don't want to like, like, it's not that you can't be a Star Wars fan and like this movie. I think by fucking all means, like it's, it's, there's a lot to latch onto. That's a lot of fun. It's just that we have to, like, for me, I had to acknowledge that this movie wasn't for me. It was for people who wanted a new story. And that's fine. But. But for those who wanted closure on the other story, they didn't really get it. And we're not going to at this point. I mean, 
you know, Leia is obviously not coming back and Luke passed on into the afterlife um, or whatever into the force at the end of the movie. So the old guard is, I think it's chewy. <laughs> He's, and even he yeah, was treated like a toss off. And so was C-3PO who had yeah. literally one line of character development the entire time, which was the word friends. At the end, standing around a bunch of uh, of CGI characters, it was it was uh, man. We we have some feedback actually, like some live feedback that I'd like to put into the show because I think it, it it makes a good point. This is from Jacob, who used to do GPU with us, and he said, um, "Hey man, just woke up and saw this. If you view the Last Jedi as a movie about failure and overcoming it." and subverting good guy hero movies, it's fantastic. If you went into The Last Jedi expecting to see hero Luke at some point, the Luke we left at the end of Return of the Jedi, like I did, you left the movie really disappointed. At best, Luke gets some peace and closure at the end. He and Leia are truly side characters in this. Right on. And and that's true. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with that. It's, It's... And that... And that's fine. That's just not the movie I wanted. Yep. No, exactly. And I think that's, I think that's exactly, it speaks to why there's such a divide between the, you know, if if you look at, you know, something like Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes and you, um, you look at the, the, you know, their score versus the audience score, there's a big Big, big difference. And if you look at the Star Wars subreddit, it is like alternating lines of I loved it. I hated it. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and so I think what you just said is a perfect explanation for why or what, sorry, what Jake just said um, is a perfect um, uh description and and explanation for why there's such a split there yeah maybe you know i don't know it's nobody's well i don't want to say it's nobody's fault but it's it it's just it's just sort of like a thing you know and i think that like you know i almost i almost I, i felt during the movie that like it was almost like i could hear executives in a room going you know what don't worry the dorks are gonna read the comic book anyway we don't need to give context we don't need to like extend the story of the universe we don't have to like let you know what's going on because if you if you thought you were going to get an answer to like you know where's what's wrong what's up with the republic is there a republic is there a standing government in the galaxy who are the first order where did the first order Mm -hmm. come from why do they have so many resources on the edge of the galaxy who is snoke what was he how did he make this happen if you were looking for questions like that you're not gonna get it and they're not going to be answered yeah that's not what these are for no that and I think initially my, my reaction coming out of the theater was, okay, they, you know, they kind of avoided a, you know, emperor showdown in, in the, in the third movie by, by getting rid of Snoke. But yeah, it, it, he's the strongest force wielder that we've seen in a long time. And, and he's just gone now. We're, we're, you know, the more I thought about it, it was, it was the, the more I was a little, upset because it's like we're not going to get any answers on who he is where he came from what's his origin story unless god unless this is a setup so they can do a fucking origin movie on snoke 
You know, and that I think you're getting pretty close. My cynicism. No, I think coming you're through absolutely <laughs> dead on, dude. Like, like because in there, those this weird comfort in the back of my head sort of reassures me that, like, you know what? If I just wait a year or two, they're going to make an animated series about Luke and Leia post Return of the Jedi. Anyway, you know, Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewie. Like it, like it is a diversification strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, it was announced a week or two ago that, you know, the green light has gone on up for the Obi-Wan solo movie, which will be mm-hmm. the next anthology movie after the, the Han Solo <laughs> solo movie. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's unending. We're going to get Star Wars every single year for the rest of our lives. And, and after watching Return of the Jedi, sorry, after watching The Last Jedi, that no longer feels like a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It feels like like this is this is going to be a milking. But I maintain that the best Star Wars I've ever seen is the Clone Wars. So maybe there's a lot of room for that. Maybe that's the the, the direction that I should go personally. So, so some things that I did just some some design choices, some aesthetic choices that I did like specifically um uh I I really liked there, there was kind of a almost a western feel to to some scenes, and also kind of this like samurai, you know, Zatuichi, seven samurai esque um, moments that that I really enjoyed. Um, that I thought was a uh, uh, really really cool choices there, um, and I did like the way that Luke went out. It reminded me a little bit of the uh dunadain from the silmarillion there were a a group of men who well they were a little bit special uh they i won't go into the whole story but basically they proved that they were awesome uh and were given the ability to kind of choose when they died um they could willfully say i've lived long enough it's time for me to go um and it reminded me of, of that when you know, Luke kind of just willfully passed on into the Force, um, and I enjoyed that. Again, a, a a beautiful framing. You know, they had the twin sons. It was, it 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 looked really good. Yeah, it just was fortunately island of context. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so I, I do want to go see it again. Um, I'm going this afternoon. To... I'm giving like, I'll have given oh, right like <laughs> Disney 30, $35 when all is said and done, which is like, you know, who's really, uh, <laughs> who's really at fault here? You know, I mean, that's, that's the answer to it. But like, I do want to see it again and try to kind of like put myself in the right frame of mind for it. Definitely. Shannon hasn't Definitely. seen it yet, which is why she actually took off to her parents' house when we <laughs> do this uh, podcast so that I could freely <sighs> emote. <Discuss> yeah. It. <laughs> oh, man. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what I've got. Could you give it a, a grade like at the end of it all? <laughs> um. And again, it comes down to that. What's your frame of reference? It's like as a as a lifelong Star Wars fan. Maybe uh, five out of ten. 
So it's better than Phantom like, Menace. <laughs> <laughs> that bar is low, my friend. Um, very low. Uh, yes, because because all of you know the 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 story issues, my my personal issues with you know feeling disappointed by what it left out. The other things that it did include, I enjoyed. As opposed to the Phantom Menace, where it was just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, I'd give it a 5 out of 10. A hard one to rate. It is. Because, again, the the, the visuals and the designs are so good. Uh, it just... I feel like a lot of people are seeing these, you know, different movies like we discussed earlier. So I'm like, I, I, you know, as a Star Wars fan, I'm probably give it a four out of ten right. as like a Marvel movie or just like generic kind of like Hollywood. It's, it's thing. great. Seven. Yeah. You know, entertaining. Sure. But all depends on how you want to view it. Uh, so I leave it to I leave it to you audience and listeners to uh form your own opinions and please send your hate mail to hello <laughs> at shinypodcast.com and tell us why we're wrong and i'd love to hear it and we'll read it on the show is that it i think so i think so before we get out of here do you want to do a, a quick little admin to talk about the um it's, it's the holiday season so it's going to be a little jumbled up yes Yep. So I think we're we're gonna do an episode um, on on Friday morning. So which is gonna be we'll, the we'll have twenty second of December. That's that's correct. So we'll we'll get an episode um, uh, recorded, and uh, you know we'll we'll probably be gone for uh, a week and a half, roughly two weeks. Um, you know, due to due to the holidays, I will be away. Um, I will be on the other coast. Um, and will not have what I need to do a podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but we will return afterwards, and probably be looking at the first week in January is when we'll yes, record and release that again. That is correct. Yep, that is correct. So everybody have a good holiday. We, uh, if we don't see you, uh, hopefully you'll stay tuned for um, the last uh, episode of the year, where I think we're going to make predictions see uh like our, our tech predictions for uh for 2018 2018 yeah but put on record the things we think could happen so if you want to uh participate in that or if you have predictions yourself um go ahead and tune in or write to us up on shinypodcast.com so and if you know you want the rest of that information just a second let me press the button that lets us end the show and we'll give it to you that's going to do it for us, folks. We would love to uh, hear from you on our social media. You can hit us up at Twitter at ShinyThePodcast. Facebook at ShinyPodcast. And as we mentioned, we will be back on Friday morning and then be gone for a little bit. But do appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. I love your beautiful faces. It's been a blast making this podcast in this year, and I can't wait to make more in 2018. Oh, and one other request. If you have not done so already, we would love it if you have a moment to go to iTunes and give us a rating. It goes a long way to uh, helping us get a little bit more exposure, so we would really appreciate it.
And you don't want us exposing ourselves. <laughs>